This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. So our scripture reading this morning will take us to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20, verse 17 to 37. So if you have a Bible, please take it out. Otherwise, you can refer to the, the screen up here. This is the word of God. Acts 20, verse 17. From Martyrs, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that will be helpful to you. But I have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I've gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flocks of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which is bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I have not stopped warning each of you, night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourself know that this hand of mine has supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I show you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself has said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. This is the word of God. From UK this morning, is no stranger to us. He's uh, other than Rohintan Modi. I always address him as Ro. He has spent a good number of years with us 
before he left for UK last year. He's still currently a lecturer in ETCA. So we are so delighted uh, that he's back with us in Singapore during this period. And we look forward to him to share God's word with us this morning. Over to you, Ro. Well, it's so good to be back with you and uh, to share fellowship with you in these last couple of weeks. And I'm here until the 13th. So look forward to sharing some more uh, in the time to come. Um, today we've got, uh, uh, as we heard, Acts chapter 20. And it will be very good for you if you have your Bibles open, whether that's physical or indeed on your phones. But uh, let's commit this time before we start to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning wanting light. We have already sung that your word is a light and a lamp to our feet and to our path. May Heavenly Father, you shine the light of your Holy Spirit upon your word now in Acts chapter 17 and take that word and the words of my mouth and grant it that it might have light in our hearts and in our lives, that we might walk according to your light. We ask all these things for Jesus' namesake. Amen. We have just been celebrating mission. We have heard from Limnan, and indeed Andrew has prayed for all the missionaries that we support here at BTPC, for Limnan's mission, and also for Shirley in Cambodia, and indeed for Vietnam as well. And that's great. And there are many missionaries round the world. But we need to ask in all the missionaries that we support, in all the mission that we support, what makes a successful and faithful missionary? You see, many missionaries and many churches indeed support mission with an enthusiasm an emotional response. Yes, we want to go out to the world. Yes, we want to reach the world. We want to convert the world. But many missionaries come home sad, brokenhearted, and disappointed because it's been so very hard, so very painful, and indeed, perhaps they have seen not much fruit and they look perhaps to other missionaries, maybe in the next town, the next village, the next country, or indeed some people like Billy Graham. And indeed some, at least in my experience in England, some missionaries come home to England and are so brokenhearted, have so many mental health issues, that some of them tragically even 
lose their faith. So we need to ask, what makes a faithful missionary? What makes a successful missionary? And here in Acts chapter 17, God has preserved for us something extraordinary. Paul's model of mission and indeed Paul's exhortation about mission. And therefore I think it's critical for us who want to support mission these uh, next two Sundays to listen to what God has to say for us from Acts chapter 20. But first, let's put it in some sort of context. The first thing I think we can say about the Apostle Paul is, yes, of course, he's an apostle, but he's primarily a missionary apostle. He was appointed by the Lord Jesus Christ the moment he was converted as a missionary. Go out to the Gentiles. Go out to the ends of the world. He is the great missionary apostle. And indeed, we would not be here today if it weren't for Paul's missionary endeavors in going out to the Gentiles. That's us, non-Jews. And now, in chapter 20, Paul is coming to the end of his third missionary journey. Uh, if you look up uh, at the beginning of chapter 20, he's in Europe, in Macedonia, and in Greece. And then he's in Troas, and then he decides that his mission is going to, so to speak, take him home to Israel and to Jerusalem in particular. He has more mission to do there, and he's in a hurry to get to Jerusalem. But he wants to say something very important to the church he planted in Ephesus. He spent a long time in Ephesus planting the church, preaching, evangelizing, teaching, and he has a final farewell message and sermon to the leaders of the church in Ephesus. And therefore he calls them down to the port of Miletus where he's on the ship to take him to Israel and Ephesus is a little few kilometers inland. And so he asks them to come to see him at Miletus. Look at verse 17. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. That is the entire church leadership. He wants to come down to him. And there he gives his farewell speech. And he starts off by summarizing in verse 18. When he arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia. That's not the continent of Asia, but an area in modern-day Greece, as we would call it. And Paul has two central and important points he wants to make to the Ephesian leadership of that church. Firstly, himself as a model, and secondly, an exhortation about mission. So let's now turn to that first point. Paul's mission as a model. Paul's mission as a model, or rather how Paul seeks to evangelize and witness in different places and different cultures as an example of being a successful and faithful ministry. 
And the first part uh, takes us from verse 18 right down to verse 27. The thing can be broken down into his past mission in Asia, his future mission in Jerusalem, and then his past mission or his present mission in Ephesus itself, whom he's talking to. And Paul has two central points he wants to make about his model for mission. Firstly, about mission means suffering. And secondly, mission means preaching. So let's have a look at that first point. Paul believes that a successful and faithful missionary must be prepared to suffer hardships, hurt, pain, opposition, and yes, even persecution and death. That's what he's focused on. Look, please, at verse 19, first of all. I served the Lord with great humility. You notice that? He's not primarily serving the people of Ephesus, though he does. It's a service to the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he serves with great humility. It's not about him. It's not about Paul, missionary. It's not about his greatness. It's not about him writing great books and being so popular and wonderful and amazing, like so many missionaries today who want to puff themselves up. No, he serves in great humility and with tears. Do you notice that emotional? He weeps a lot in mission. in the midst of severe testing by the plots of his Jewish opponents. You see, there's a competing mission out there. Paul's not the only missionary. There are many other missions out there from his Jewish opponents who are teaching something very different, justification by works of the law. And indeed, even for us today, there are so many different types of mission out there who preaching and teaching something very different from the true gospel. And then he goes on in verses 23 and 24 about what the Holy Spirit tells him. Look at it. I only know that in every city, notice that every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. That's what a successful missionary is still warned by the Holy Spirit. It's about hardships and prison, possibly. There are so many countries where it which is close to the gospel, where the missionary risks persecution and prison. And yet, Paul doesn't mind. He's prepared to face that. Why? Look at verse 24. However, I consider my... Life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus gave me on that Damascus road. Do you see? He's not satisfied with one year or six months. He wants to finish his actual race as a missionary. That is what a successful missionary is like. And he goes on in verses 26 and 27. 
to declare what he has done in his mission. And yet, suffering is not the only thing. Serving Christ is not the only thing. Humility is not the only thing. It is also about what he does. And Paul is primarily, as a missionary, a preacher and a teacher. That is what mission is all about. Proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel, and teaching the Bible. Have a look, please, at how he does it. What sort of teaching and preaching ministry he has in verse 20. It's both public and it's private. Look at verse 20 and 21. You know that I have not hesitated. Unlike some missionaries who hesitate, who are fearful, he is not a hesitant preacher. He's a passionate, he's a bold preacher. To preach anything that would be helpful to you, anything that is helpful to those in Ephesus and indeed in every other city that he has preached, both in, uh, both in Asia and in Europe as well. And I've taught you publicly, in halls, in evangelistic meetings, in church services, but also house to house, in private. He has done one-to-one. He has done small groups. He's not simply a big name who turns up on Sunday at all. But what has been the application of his preaching? To both Jews and to Greeks, all sorts of people everywhere. Those who are religious, church people if you like, nominal Christians, the Jews of today if you like, and the Gentiles as well, those who have never heard the name of Jesus. There are two things which are necessary, he says, time after time after time. You must repent. Turn to God in repentance. Turn your life around. Say to God, you're a sinner. And ask for his forgiveness. And have faith in our Lord Jesus, because he saves from sins. The two keys which he applies as regards mission. But he also goes on to his Bible teaching. Look at verse, the end of verse 24. The task of testifying to the good news, the gospel, of God's grace. God is so good. God is so kind, is Paul's preaching. God gives. He's a giver. He gives gifts. He gives presents. We all know about that, about gift giving, about presents. But the primary giver is God himself who gives grace, unmerited mercy upon the undeserving. That is the heart of what he says. Not do this, do this, do this, do this. Don't, it's not about primarily about living the good life. That's not how he evangelizes. That's not how he does mission preaching and teaching. No. What motivates him is the goodness, the kindness, the unmerited favor of God himself and then he says well do I just focus on a little bit just the good news part of the Bible you know just Jesus the gospel or do I do the whole thing no he says I have not hesitated in verse 27 
to actually proclaim to you the whole will of God. Now for us today, that means everything from Genesis to Revelation. It means that people must understand the great story of the Bible. That God created everything. That we mess things up being rebels in the hands of an angry God. And God has worked through Israel. And then the climax is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is coming back to judge the living and the dead. And you'd better be ready for him. That is the whole will of God. And it's enshrined for us in scripture. That is why it is absolutely crucial for successful and faithful ministries to actually be trained up in theology, to understand the whole Bible, to know how the Bible works, to be able to preach Christ from any part of the Bible, and indeed to build the church up so the whole church knows the whole will of God. And isn't that why, brothers and sisters, why, well... So many the missionaries fail and are unsuccessful because they think it's just about a few pops, few moralistic words and some guilt tripping to the Gentiles or the, the non-Christians. No, says Paul. It's actually about a preacher and a teacher who knows Jesus Christ, who preaches Jesus Christ, and knows and teaches the Bible in detail in a way that is weighty and profound and deep. That is what makes a successful missionary. Now, I come and live now in the city of Cambridge in England. It's a beautiful city. Many of you, I think, have gone there or indeed been students there. And yet, Cambridge is also noted as a great missionary city. Why? Because in the late 19th century, seven men got together, the, course, the Cambridge Seven, and they set up the China Inland Mission. They sacrificed their comfortable lives as Cambridge graduates of the upper class in England to go to China. Why? Because they knew that the China needed the gospel and indeed the whole Bible. They were successful and faithful men. And China is different today because of those men and other men like Hudson Taylor. You might say, well, Ro, that's all very interesting, but what's the application to us here in BTPC in Singapore in 2022? And that brings us to our second point, the application. Paul's application about mission, or his exhortation of what a church leadership ought to do about witnessing to those in different countries. Look, please, at verse 28. He starts off with an exhortation. Do you see that? Keep watch. Keep watch as watchmen against the, the people who are coming. And 
the whole heart, the central part, if you want to understand this great sermon, verse 28 is the key. Why? Because he's telling the Ephesian leadership and pastors what to do. Keep watch over yourselves. Watch your life and doctrine closely, O pastor, O elder. Why? And all the flock. Feed the flock. Make sure that the flock has the truth. Make sure that the, the, the flock is living according to the truth. Of which the Holy Spirit made you overseers or elders. You see? Elders and overseers and other church leaders and deacons and all the rest of the leadership are not ultimately appointed by the church. It, they're not ultimately appointed by BTPC, but by God the Holy Spirit. And he says, be shepherds, pastors of the church of God. This group of people, this meeting belongs to God. Not to the pastor, not to the missionary, not to any human being. It belongs and is precious in the eyes of God himself. And he bought and purchased this church by the blood of his own son. That's what it means, which he bought with his own blood. Jesus Christ purchased BTPC and every church. He sacrificed himself on the cross. For you and for me. Isn't that quite, quite amazing and wonderful? Jesus Christ did that for all of us, for all of you. And then Paul doesn't stop there. He wants to commit the eldership, the leadership and the church to God himself. Commend them. And so he says in verse 32. I now commit you to God and the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Commitment to God. And yet before that, he wants to warn that there are fierce wolves coming. There will be wolves on the outside who will come to eat the flock of God. Well, in Singapore, I guess there are not so many sheep, are there? Maybe a few, but not many. But in England, there are sheep everywhere. You go to the hills and you see lots of wonderful sheep wandering around the place. And sheep need shepherds. Why? Because sheep are silly creatures. They're stupid creatures. And they need a shepherd to actually shepherd them. Because, well, in England there might not be that many wolves, but there are foxes that eat the sheep. Therefore the shepherd's task is to protect the sheep from being eaten. That is, to make sure that even at the point of death, the sheep know Jesus Christ and are saved and safe in his eternal arms as the great and the noble shepherd that he actually is. But that is not the 
primary danger. There's an even more terrible danger, that of deception, of actually, well, shepherds who are really wolves. Wolves in pastor's clothing. Look, please, at verse 30. Even from your own number, men will arise to distort the truth and draw discipline disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you, night and day with tears. That's what a successful missionary is. He warns, he begs, he pleads, he cries. Why? Because if you listen to false teaching, then your eternal destiny is cancelled. And we see that today, don't we? There are so many people out there who are actually, well, wolves in pastor's clothing. After all, it's about faith alone. It's about suffering. It's about the cross. That is Paul's mission. Not about prosperity. Not about, come to me and I will give you a wonderful, happy, prosperous life. No, says Paul, let me warn you that these are the wolves. Keep away from them, I beg you, he says with passion and commitment. And so it is precisely that way that he commits and commends the church to God. The word of his grace. That's it, isn't it? We are not entrusted with the gospel. It's not actually our job to be great missionaries ultimately. There is one great missionary, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's his church. And we are committed to him and the good word of his grace, his kindness, his favor, his compassion, by which he admits us without any works. And then Paul ends his great address and sermon with two examples. He says he hasn't coveted any wealth. He's not like one of these great prosperity gospel missionaries who's got a big plane. No. He works. Look at verse 34. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak. Do you see that? A successful ministry, successful missionary, shows grace in his or her life. Doesn't say give, give, give money to me. No. In his own life and by his possession, he lives a life of grace. And the primary and great example that Paul has is, well, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's the model for a missionary. Because after all, the Lord Jesus Christ is the great missionary. He came from heaven to earth. And he said, I come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. He gave himself. That's why it's more blessed to give 
than to receive because it's all of grace. And yet, ultimately, there is love. You see, after Paul finishes this great address, he prays for them. He kneels down and prays. Look at verse 36. When he had finished speaking, he knelt down with them and prayed, no doubt to commit them to God's care and love. And a missionary must pray. And then, well, they all cried and wept. They embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most, the Ephesian leadership, was that his statement that they would never see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Why did they cry? Because they loved him. Why did Paul, so deeply moved and affected, was because he loved them, the flock. And so, ultimately, mission is about love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in this amazing farewell final sermon Paul teaches us so strongly what a successful and faithful missionary and indeed a mission minded church is all about it is about serving the Lord Jesus it's about humility it's about pain and suffering it's about a commitment to teaching to preaching to the whole Bible your will it's about ultimately grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that results in a relationship of love. Help us, help BTPC to be that mission-minded church, to be a church which is focused on grace and which is, shows that grace in love for Jesus' namesake. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.